Welcome this week's guest, Danny Coley, life coach and endlessly curious and compassionate human being. Today we're going to talk about some of Danny's favorite tips for living a better life and the story of how two life coaches got into the work of self-development. We're going to work on answering the question, what is enlightenment? which seems to involve some combination of life purpose, creating new worlds, releasing judgment, plant medicine, feeling it all, stepping into discomfort, overcoming fear, expanding perspectives, following your passion, finding happiness, letting go of attachment, merging science and spirituality, and perhaps most important, being the most authentic version of you. Hello everyone, and welcome to Archives for Aliens, a podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. What makes you tick? It almost looks kind of like Devil's Tower in a way, but it but it looks like a cut down tree stump. Which is weird because there's one just like that in front of my parents' house, actually. So as far as what that might relate to, it also kind of looks like a canyon. Like it almost reminds me of the Grand Canyon a little bit, just like that like little like crease in the middle. Interesting like holographic in a way to describe it to the viewers (laughs) I don't know it's like a very it looks like a picture of like a very zoomed in cut down tree so it's just like the stump but it was like a very large tree so it's like very large cut down stump that like when you're really zoomed in close to it it almost looks like the Grand Canyon how do you think this relates to something you want to tell everyone tonight Or something that's on your mind? Uh, Recently, I've been thinking a lot about perspective and how reality, in a sense, is just a bunch of different perspectives and that there's no one true ultimate perspective. It's all relative. And that, I think, is something I definitely want to, I love to talk about because I love the, the idea that, you know, not to get trapped down in one perspective is like, no, this is what I'm seeing. Like, this is what it is a hundred and fifty percent, you know, but it's, it's really different to, to everyone. And there's no one true perspective. And I think one of the biggest Uh, purposes in life is to explore all the different perspectives out there and not get tied down to one so um there's that and then also there's a tree stump like that in front of my parents house so maybe we'll 
we'll talk a little bit about family today or who knows. What's a new perspective that you've recently uncovered? That, you know, there is no such thing as good or bad. Uh, you know, life just is, situations just are, and um, judging situations as, as like good or bad is not something, is something that I'm trying to, to not do so much, is like judging things as good or bad and just accepting them for, for what they are. What has that brought into your life? No judgment uh, is, is definitely brought some peace into my life. And um, just especially when it comes to judging myself, um because I'll be like oh I shouldn't do that this is bad and it's like or I did this and this is bad and you know we'll end up judge I feel like it's a common thing for people to judge themselves and um yeah I've just really been able to come to peace with myself a bit more and not because it's all perspective there's no I don't think like God or the universe is like looking down on humans and like judging us you know whether we're like good enough or not to like make it to heaven I think that we're all basically in heaven here like on earth um and so yeah I think it's a really powerful foundation principle for life is that there there is no such thing as like good or bad no judgment is key but what about you? Like what perspectives, what different perspectives have you explored recently or? Well, this isn't quite as big as that perspective, but I think one of the biggest things I've been exploring since this pandemic is I had this idea that to deeply connect with people, you need to be in person. And I've jumped out of that and I'm doing things like the podcast that's amazing yeah I'm like I I go to therapy and um you know some people really like in-person therapy I guess that's how it's normally done but being in person or being in therapy virtually I actually really, really love. And I'm like, I don't even need to be in person for this. And some people, you know, aren't like that, but I think that's really cool that you're, you're taking that on. You're not getting honed in to just connect, you know, thinking that that's the best way to, to connect and exploring alternatives. You got to get creative in these times, right? Yeah, definitely. And can you tell the listeners a little bit about your journey to becoming a life coach? Yeah, sure. Uh, long story short, um, I had been 
you know, my, my dream was to work with animals. Um, so I went to school, got a degree in biology, and then I interned at a couple animal sanctuaries, got a job at the zoo, um, couldn't get a full-time job there. So anyways, I finally got a full-time job with benefits at, um, a company, Nestle Purina. And once I wasn't so worried about my survival needs, um, I was really able to start thinking about what I really wanted in life and, and what was the impact that I wanted to have on the world. And I would throw around words like enlightenment or awakening. Um, and then one day my coworker asked what enlightenment meant and I couldn't answer. Now knowing that like enlightenment or awakening is, is, some, is kind of like an experience and it's kind of beyond human language, which, you know, might be hard to seem that that's possible, that there's something beyond, you know, human language. But I really do think that there is. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super into that. <laughs> you know, like rationally, like scientifically minded people, which, of course, I'm like totally understand. I And I used to be totally like that. But it's it's like there is such thing as like something that can't be put into words. It sounds like such a cop out. Cause they're like, what do you mean you can't put enlightenment into words? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's literally beyond the human language because those are vowel sounds that we created to like communicate to one another. Like you don't think that there's something beyond that, but, um, yeah. So sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but okay. So yeah, I wanted to have a, an impact on the, on the world. And I decided that, you know, obviously my passion was animals, but to really help animals, you have to help people, I feel like. And so I really didn't think that this whole, like, I don't know, I didn't have a vision for my life. I was lost and I needed self-help. And when I uh, like search enlightenment on YouTube, I found a YouTuber named Leo Gura who like changed my life, really lit a fire in me to like, you know, go after, start dreaming again, basically start creating a vision for my life, start having a life purpose because all these things kind of are key to creating the, the good life and what really makes us happy in life. I don't think like anything outside of ourselves can make us happy. So that's getting to like my brand name that I've created as a life coach is Seek Inward. Just because like he, Leo Gura has really just like, and, and I've studied a bunch of other self-help people I love finding new like Eckhart Tolle and like sad guru just like sages out there with like deep wisdom because I've had things that in life that I thought would make me feel happy and but they didn't and and then I realized oh it's because I need to turn inwards I need to do the inner work that is necessary to like I feel at least to live the good life um 
And then Leo Gura went through IPEC, a life coaching, um, you know, program. And so I was like, if he went through this, like, I, you know, I called, talked to an admissions coach. I was like, this is for me. It's so amazing. I love coaching. I love getting coached. Uh, it's so different than therapy. It's very solution focused, very action based and, um, and very practical. So that's, that's how I got into it. And so far so good. It's really fun helping people and hopefully inspiring them. And if I can just help, you know, one person, the whole, the whole like goal is to raise awareness, right. Is to raise consciousness. Cause I think that ultimately will make us all better creators and create a new earth. So. I'm very much into that. Yeah. I think I have a little thing on one of my websites that says create new worlds here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like take that responsibility, you know, take on that burden of doing what it takes to create a new world like I always think like if everyone just like took that responsibility on for themselves instead of like expecting other people to do it for them oh man like yeah that would be crazy <laughs> great things would happen for sure yeah and I I think if people only took like little tiny baby steps towards that maybe only yeah. accepted a third of it we'd be in the I'm right I'm all direction. about baby steps <laughs> that's so cool though I don't know if I knew that story I don't think I did that just the definition of enlightenment yeah Set no and now no, you won't believe like I'm obsessed with enlightenment like obsessed I'm like I need to I don't know I feel like I can't like it's so hard to talk about this with people like I don't know maybe like that I'm around I feel like it, at my job which is where I spend most of my time then my boyfriend I'm like he's kind of into it like we went to Florida and did ayahuasca <laughs> at like <laughs> um, I'm so jealous yeah <laughs> Florida? I didn't know you could do that in Florida no I like looked it up I was like where can I do ayahuasca in the United States you know because I didn't want to go to like Peru or like Costa Rica I don't know I was just like if I can do it in the states like that's where I want to do it um and Leo Gura this YouTuber he's a big component of using psychedelics to help you with like your personal growth and development um, but yeah, so my boyfriend and I went and, and did ayahuasca and that was such a great experience for me. Um, I don't know if it was for him as much, but I was like, this really, really helped me come to peace with, with a lot of things. And, um, yeah. One of the things... I've heard from people who've done ayahuasca ceremonies is that integrating the reintegration process can be a little bit difficult. How did you experience that? 
That's such a great question because we did have like integration talks where where we all like kind of talked about our experiences and oh man like honestly I was so jealous of other people like they were talking about like dead ones that came and like visited them and like this one lady she um her daughter died when when she was really young and her daughter came and visited her and um showed her like living out another life and like having a really great life and she said this is the first time she's felt happy in years so just like really powerful really emotional experiences I was like my well my my intention during it was to focus on my like life purpose but you know life never goes as planned (laughs) oh yeah I hear I hear that that plant will teach you what you need to hear (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I just um I really I needed to come to terms with with being okay with being alone um and that was what the plant really taught me was I was like okay if I do end up alone like am I gonna be sad about it or am I gonna choose to be sad about it or am I gonna choose to be happy no matter what because life is a miracle in and of itself and so I was like okay I'm gonna be happy like no matter what and and it was it was a big revelation the guy next to me he we ended up chatting like because my boyfriend was like totally gone like I couldn't even he was incoherent like I could not talk to him but I really wanted to talk and that was another trigger for me because I really wanted to talk to him and then he like wasn't responding and then I was like oh <laughs> I, I started crying a bunch crying I I do feel like you know I bottle up my emotions sometimes and that was a really good release for me and that's something I'm also really been trying to work on is feeling my emotions more not bottling them up so much what has your experience with psychedelics been I mostly did psychedelics in high school so when people ask me I guess what got me kick-started on my awakening or whatever kind of journey like that that was one of the major factors. Um, it actually pushed me into science because, and I still, to this day, am probably more logical. I mean, I'm both, but especially when I was younger, I leaned more towards like the logic of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to understand it. I was like, wait, how does this thing work? So yeah. that probably pushed me into understanding the sciences more although I've always been a total nerd about science and yeah I haven't really re-explored much since yeah I since adulthood Mm -hmm. not very much at all no I I I wish I had waited until I was in my 20s to do psychedelics for sure because 
I definitely lost myself for a little bit, you know, after doing them so young. I did them in high school as well. I definitely wouldn't recommend psychedelics to anyone that's younger than, you know, 21. Yeah, Um, maybe even 25. Maybe, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, 21's probably fine. I mean, there's also a part of me that um, I think I was ta- I was just talking about this in another podcast, but one of my favorite <laughs> books is Island by Aldous Huxley and uh, their transition into adulthood in this uh, utopian society is when you're either 12 or 13. I don't know which one. I don't remember. The kids climb a mountain and then they do mushrooms at the top of the mountain and then they're like initiated into adulthood damn so i can see how that would be that would work out really well in a different society yeah i mean our ancestors you know like they were hip to the psychedelics and then you know our government not even that long ago really that's the crazy part you know totally made hallucinogens illegal and People are fighting so hard to get them, you know, legal again. And it's the people who are like, this is an illegal drug. And they're like, so against psychedelics. Like, dude, like our ancestors have been knowing about enlightenment and awakening for thousands of years. And definitely with the help of hallucinogenic drugs, for sure, I think, you know, but yeah and I've seen so much progress even in the last 10 years because I remember like when I was first getting into it I told a couple people that oh like I actually really that's part one of the reasons I was studying neuroscience um even though I got totally lost in the super logic science route wait you were studying neuroscience well I was in medical school and I wanted to Uh do neuroscience research and nice yeah that's what my best friend's husband is doing and he wants to study acid isn't that so cool it is and that is what I was telling people for a little bit and then everyone stomped on my dreams (laughs) yep oh my god okay whatever I'll just get the degree and then maybe self-fund my research when I'm like 80 who knows (laughs) That's the thing. Low key, I want this this episode to be low kind of about life advice, I swear, because like I needed people to tell me these things when I was younger. But people will tell you you're crazy for going after your dreams. And they that thinking is what's crazy what's crazy is not following your dreams so yeah just don't listen to people basically that are telling you that you're crazy because they're the crazy ones for not risking not taking risks and being too afraid to do so yeah that is that is such good advice and definitely an excellent focus for tonight. <laughs> that's what my that's what my first like youtube 
Um, so my YouTube channel, Seek Inward, and the first, like, I feel like real, basically personal development content was me giving life advice and doing my makeup, so. <laughs> I like it. So there's something to, to watch. That's, that was my, you know, I got to wheel people in. I got to get them to listen to this advice and make it super entertaining um, so I don't know if I'll do makeup every time. Maybe sometimes I'll cook something. Um, maybe sometimes I'll be doing some gardening, basically life stuff with combined with life advice, but for now. I like the idea. Thanks. And I really like what you said about do like following your dreams, even though they're scary, because something I have learned so far in life is that if you're not actually slightly terrified <laughs> about like your passion and what it is that you're trying to accomplish in the world, then maybe it's like you're not being honest with yourself and you're not really digging into how big that thing could be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So one of my, my big things is self-study and, and self-experimentation. Like, how do I feel when I'm making certain choices or, or taking certain actions? And like, I feel like the, the more uncomfortable I feel, the more that's the decision like I need to make, which is so counterintuitive and sounds like crazy. But like, I just think that we get too comfortable. And I, I think it's so important to put yourself into uncomfortable situations, even though that that is easier said than done and, and really hard. I'm really into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard to face your fears and, and so, and to feel, and to study yourself. I mean, we're not taught these things in school. That's the part that's so frustrating. We don't learn how to study ourselves in school. We're taught about everything else about, but our like own psychology and our own, like, how, you know, do we understand ourselves better and our strengths and our intuition, like intuition is like, I feel like not even like recognized in the school system at all, but it's super important in life. I feel like to learn how to just trust yourself and, and your gut. So they say. Yes. One of my life missions is to bring that to high schools, bring that kind of education. Really? Like, how yeah. would you go about that? That's my, that's always my thing. I'm just like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, okay, but how would I do that? <laughs> so you, you've come to some of my workshops. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it would be in the form of workshops and then maybe changing the questions a little bit, catering the questions and making them, well, I always try to make them fun, but even mm -hmm. more engaging. And I think that by connecting that with self-expression and using art, that that will be a way to engage youth. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, a light bulb just went off and I was like, man, like if every kid had like a mentor, if every kid had like a coach and like basically someone to be their cheerleader and someone to just help them like with using empowering questions to find the answers within themselves of like, their destiny and their purpose. Cause I feel like the sooner they, they know what that is. And of course that changes over time. I feel like. Oh but yeah. I, but I, I, yeah. Reminding them of their own inner power. I think before they make their choice to go off to college, especially like later high school students, 16, 17 exactly for the oh sucked in. that's the perfect age that's the perfect age to really start talking to them and like uh, you know the time your youth is everything the time period between when you're 15 and when you're 30 can make or break you so yeah i I'm like not really sure what I want my focus to be on for like like dream wise because I have a lot of things that like I'm interested in and that I really like to do so that's something that I'm personally struggling with right now is like my, my purpose right now and finding a different, a different career path. Um, because my current job, I'm not the biggest fan of, I love my company have been trying to get another position. That's more like personal development oriented where there's more opportunities to do different trainings and to give trainings um, and see how I like that um, for now. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And that's like dream number 10, at least. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like not very focused either. I just have a lot <laughs> of things I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually really wanted to get into like acting and stuff like that. So I've been, I downloaded this app called Backstage app and you can just apply to different um, auditions and opportunities, commercials, stuff like that. I, I ended up getting one a year ago in September through Bank of America. It was like a Buzzfeed um better money habits retreat thing so that was really fun and i loved it and i i just like paid for another year's worth of that app so hopefully i can get something else this year i did not know that about you did you act previously so i did a little bit in middle school and i was in choir but I never really took it on seriously. I had really bad stage fright. Um, 
and in high school like part of me wanted to be part of the musicals but another part of me was like too scared so um but I did dance all through high school and dance in college so I love to dance I love to sing I love to act and um it's just it's exciting to be creative in that way for me that's so cool yeah how did you get over stage fright oh I'm not I'm not over it (laughs) I still um but just the more that I sing in front of other people and I sing at work like all day long that's the best part about my job is that I am able to sing during it so um how does that work well I work in a lab so I'm just I have my own little like section in the lab so like I just they listen to the boys that I work in the lab with listen to sports radio all day and I sing when I feel like it well also I work I'm two hours I work 5 a.m to 1 30 and they don't get there until 7 a.m so for two hours, I'm in the lab by myself. So that's really nice to have that time to myself. And during this whole pandemic, I've been going into work every single day. Like nothing has changed for me during this time. So I've been really, really lucky in that sense, um, other than my job really hurting my wrist. So I definitely need to find another job. So. Oh, that's not cool at all. I know, it sucks, but um, hopefully I, I, I think I'll be able to find another good job within the company. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm interested to know, do you have friends or family members that have kind of like gone through awakening periods with you in any way? Have gone through what with me? Awakening periods. Periods of awakening. Honestly, no. I mean, I don't I don't think so. Like, I don't feel like anyone I know or, like, hang out with, like, talks about awakening or enlightenment. Like, that's not even, like, something seriously studied by anyone I know I feel like and like it's not something that seems worth it to people the thing about like awakening and enlightenment I feel like is that you know personally I've never had that experience but I have enough like intuition to know that 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 is an experience that's beyond words and it will give you so much peace and happiness. That's why it's so worth the work. I feel like it takes a lot of work. You have to really want it. You have to really study yourself. You have to really be challenging yourself and put yourself in uncomfortable situations. It's not all fun all the time you know it's it's hard so I wish that I had 
more friends or family that that were going through an awakening period. Um, and I wish, you know, I, I focused on it more and uh, it's something that, that is a goal of mine. So like, I, I always have to refocus myself and re like, okay, what do I want ultimately? Okay, to become enlightened. Okay, <laughs> then you have to do this work. You have to meditate. You have to, you know, put yourself and challenge yourself. You know, you have to not only study the theory, but put the theory into practice and, and do experimentation and all of that. So. It definitely sounds like you've done the work. Yeah, I listen to a lot of theory. A lot, a lot of theory. As far as putting the theory into practice, some like I'm, I'm still working on getting my meditation habit like every single day, no matter what. Um, that's a big goal of mine right now that I'm talking to with my life coach about. So just been, you know, it's always really helpful having some a life coach to talk to. And, and get you back on track, remind you of why it's so important to you, because you will fall off track when it comes to personal development. Like, there's no doubt about it. I feel like that's why it's so important to have a coach or have listening to, like, inspirational videos or whatever you need to do to, like, get you back on track and get you motivated and get you excited about your life and your dreams. Yeah, I think that as I've gotten into coaching and being a coach myself, one of the major things I've committed to is always being coached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practically Ideally weekly, but at least uh, every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. How, how has your coaching been? Like, how what is your experience? How do you like to be coached? Are you, like... For me, I like really like aggressive type coaching. Okay, like tell me what you're really observing. Mm. Give it to me straight because I need that. But that's that's what I like. I don't think I would like that because usually whenever like the problems that I work through, like I don't know, like if I could just tell you that, I would totally just tell you that. So I kind of need people to like prod around very delicately and just like ask questions in different ways to like open up my mind. I think I have a habit of black and white thinking is probably one of my major things that I'm aware of. The, yeah, like, me too. This or that. Like, and it's like, well, there could be a hundred other things in between. Perspective. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's all about perspective. <laughs> yep, and where we started. Yeah. No, because it's a trap. That's that's my thing. It's a trap to get tied down in one story and one perspective. And you have to watch out for that. That's how you become ideological. That's how you start arguing with people over your beliefs and your perspective 
and it's super negative. It's a waste of time. There's no one true perspective. You have to explore all the different perspectives and you will be so much wiser for that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And it would be awesome if more people had conversations like that because I do think there's like a cultural thing going on right now I mean especially right now but just been building over the years of right or wrong and argumentation without discussion right it's about understanding each other and being able to step into each other's shoes and that's something that my coaching program has really helped me with. And I'm so grateful for is just like being able to just understand people. And like my friend and I were we had a disagreement, not really a disagreement. I don't know what it was. It was, it was around COVID and we were on her land and there was a trailer and her dad was going into the trailer now. And I totally wouldn't, would not have gone into the trailer if she had, you know, asked me not to. Um, and so on the way back home, I told her that I had had a barbecue like outside over the summer um and she was like oh I didn't know you were around all these people so anyways she was like upset because she thought potentially we could have put her father at risk and without this coaching program like I was I feel like I that was the best I had ever handled like a confrontation like that in my life I I was like it makes perfect sense that you are feel having these feelings right now. Like family is everything to you, you know, in no way, shape or form would I ever try to put your family at risk and you have every right to feel the way that you're feeling right now. And like that totally like dissipated the situation. And like the next morning, you know, she apologized and we've hung out since and like, we still have a great friendship. Um, and that's not always easy with friends, like with friendships, I feel like so many people struggle with keeping friendships, you know, over different perspectives and, and such, but really, you know, they're, that we're all both kind of right and we're all both kind of wrong, you know, and it's really just about understanding and, and loving one another for sure. It would be great if everybody could just be trained as a coach and then oh, we'd yeah. have an abundance of coaches. Uh, I think that all the time. <laughs> like if every like CEOs especially, leaders especially, because what especially with with IPEC, it's about energy, energy leadership. And really coaching the energy behind situations and the emotion. Because emotions are energy, I feel like they are like, emotions are energy. So when we're talking about energy leadership, energy coaching, we're talking about the thinking and the emotions 
behind what people are doing and, and saying. So I, I, in the workplace and our leaders basically would benefit so much from learning about the emotions and connecting to those more. I, in the business world, I'm not sure if emotions are really taken into taken to heart and taken into consideration being vulnerable. I, do you know, Brene Brown, she's all about like vulnerability and leadership. That's what really takes a great leader is to be courageous and, and vulnerable. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that you've been trying to get back in contact with expressing or honoring your emotions. What does that mm. look like for you? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that because the other day I was like, really, what did I start thinking about? You know, I started thinking about something really, really sad, um, which I feel like is common right now. There's a lot of sad things happening in the world. And I started to allow myself to, it was something about death. It was something like people or animals I don't know and I started feeling really sad it was so painful Jasmine it's like I couldn't I was like acknowledged and validated my own feelings and I was like oh Danny it makes perfect sense like you don't allow yourself to feel this all the time because it's just so painful. <laughs> like it, it makes perfect sense that you want to feel this. So it's it's hard. And, and I understand why it's so hard. It is painful. But I also understand that the fear of suffering is greater than the actual suffering and how important it is to feel my emotions because the I, I think that, you know, emotions are energy. And if you don't allow yourself to process them, that energy is going to get bottled up and it's going to cause you physical issues. I, it's, you know, I don't need science to tell me that my emotions are impacting my physical body. And so I really take feeling my emotions seriously, because I know that if I don't, it's going to impact my body. And it already has, like, I, I, I'm already really trying to work through body pains, pain bodies, as Eckhart Tolle calls them. <laughs> Do you find that you're able to experience, like, greater sense of happiness or joy? Because you're feeling all the bad stuff? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, I, when I do feel the bad and, and feel the good, it's, It's really in a, a roller coaster for me. I feel like with with the highs and the lows, and that's something I'm really trying to to get into balance with. 
Um, but, but I do feel like feeling, allowing myself to feel my emotions is helping me, you know, whether that's bring, bringing joy or happiness, I don't know, but I think that it's making me better by feeling my emotions. I could only imagine. Uh, I really don't know because I've always been a super emotional person. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of like, sometimes you need to work on expressing your emotions more at a- appropriate times or calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I'm super, also we're both Scorpios, let's just be sad. So like, that like you know we see things as like black and white sometimes I feel like that's a very like Scorpio energy I don't know and then um just as far as like being emotional water signs you know I'm definitely emotional as well that's why it's so painful for me that's why it's so hard and like it's not that I am not emotional I am it's that I don't I won't let myself because I'm like trying not to like cry over stupid shit, you know? <laughs> but then it's like, I want to cry over like every little thing sometimes. So. Oh, it's so interesting to me because I, I don't even know how to get in contact with that option. I cry all the time over stupid things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so I feel so embarrassed when I when I cry so that's sometimes why I'll really try to like bottle it up you know even though I shouldn't feel embarrassed it should be okay just to cry over you know little things and like not be other people think that like you're being a baby or whatever which is I think you know another piece of life advice is hello trauma from when I was a child like being emotional and crying like my dad and my brother were not I like I didn't feel I definitely have trauma from when I was a kid and it's so important to deal with that trauma I feel like so that it doesn't hold you back in life um so like the fact that I would be shamed when I cried as a child, you know, has, has come into my adult life situation sometimes. And so anyways, I, I need to learn how to be okay with crying now as an adult, you know, realizing that, you know, maybe they could have been better at those time periods but like now I'm an adult so I'm going to take full responsibility for for having these emotions now and like be and accept myself for who I am yeah but how do you deal with like the emotions though that's my thing like art (laughs) yeah art I love it art my art centers me like at least the way that I do art um I don't usually like feel really angry or really sad and then like express that onto the canvas um for me it's more like my art is almost like my longest ongoing form of kind of like a meditation I I would call it 
And the reason why I paint the things that I do are because they represent that search for, for meaning and the things beyond words. So it's like that beautiful place that I can bring myself back to. And it's something that, to me, it feels like progress no matter what kind of emotion that I'm feeling. And then I'll just like pick up the paintbrush and start working. And by the time I'm done painting, I'm like, oh, that emotion has like moved through me. There's a lot more going on in my head. It doesn't just disappear, but yeah, (laughs) it calms me down enough at least to process it. That's magical. I need to paint more. (laughs) thank you oh my gosh but yeah I would love to learn about you know it sounds like you're really into awakening and and enlightenment as well what what are your experiences um how important you know is that for you can't say that it's ever something I looked for exactly and not exactly in the words in enlightenment but I think my if you would call it awakening would be when I got really sick when I was I think 21 21 I, I think and yeah. that just blew my mind that I because you know when you're a kid you have this whole idea about how life is supposed to go you're supposed to go to college and then you're gonna get a job and whatever and I already it is like in my mind it was so normal for me to think that I was gonna do all that stuff and then retire and have my actual life and I never thought that that was weird or would have been a problem But going through that experience, it made me realize that that mentality is ridiculous. Like, why would I not just be doing what I wanted to do now? And I think that that was probably the main thing that Mm -hmm. at least woke me up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those, like really hard experiences in life whether it's you know a loved one dying when we're really young or you know having a an illness of some sort like definitely I feel like heightens the awakening process or like speeds it up a bit you know you're really hit with especially people who have like near death experiences a lot of the times they're like whoa the only things I asked myself right before I died was how much did I love and you know why or something so like it's like you really wake up when you know life tests you so yeah what have been like some some tools or or techniques that have really helped you grow you know through that and and come out on top through that illness 
Well, I do have to say that I had an experimental brain surgery, so we got to thank the surgeon. Yes. <laughs> thank <Because> you, surgeon. <laughs> You're the best. Because there are, like, a lot of the issues I w- was dealing with, they're really complicated and they're, like, overlapping and they never know what person needs the surgery and what person needs this and what's going on. They still, like, don't know yet. And I think there are a lot of people out there that are struggling and are really sick. And it, I just don't want to be that person that's like, well, I, like, thought my way through it, you know? I mean, there were, like, so many of my, like, bodily systems were, like, shutting down. Oh, fuck. And, like, I've always had problems with my joints. I've always had a lot of problems with my digestive system. So I didn't know that I had this overall syndrome Uh problem. Yeah. And it just kept getting worse. And it was getting worse, like, really pretty rapidly over the course of, like, two years. And... I did have an ongoing headache in the back of my head. And so part of the main thing with my condition is that my tissue is weak or like weaker. I don't like to say that it's weak. Mm-hmm. Say nice things to your tissue. Exactly. <laughs> tissue is strong. It's no, your tissue is strong. Your tissue is strong. It's alternative. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so my joints get dislocated really easily and this whole thing was being caused because my like the junction between your skull and your spine is like one of the most fragile joints and so that's where I was having most of my problems were coming from there damn and so fusing your skull to your spine has helped yeah, and I mean, I didn't know how much it would help, like, when I when I went in to get the surgery, but I'd been, like, that. I think you saw me, I'd been in a neck brace, because that's usually what they tell people to do, is be in a neck brace for years, if you can, or forever, if that works, because um, that's, like, more, it's safer, it yeah. seems yeah. weird, but some people can do physical therapy and, like, strengthen the muscles, and it, you know... But I was getting, like, permanent neurological damage. I, like, lost a lot of sensation. I My vision got really messed up. I had to relearn how to drive. What? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't read because I had such bad double vision. All the systems oh were, God. like, whack. Ugh. So you had your surgery, and then, like, what happened for you? Like, So it took me over two years really to heal from it like neurologically wise but yeah now I feel better than I felt um in over 10 years so I think it was going on for a longer period of time like I was having a lot of like when you look back you can see like that's not normal like you shouldn't be having that problem (laughs) right of course yeah um you're amazing though you're amazing because it wasn't just the doctor it also no no that's what i was about to get to yeah with you and and your strength and your courage 
Yeah, because I had to listen to myself this whole time. And I think that being in touch with my intuition is really what saved me because it's such a rare thing that like some doctors will just be like, oh, you're no, like you're just crazy. Like that's what they started telling me like very early on. And I was like, I I mean, okay, that's like not, no, they wouldn't say that, but they would just try to send me to therapy, which I was in therapy at the time because therapy is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, holding on to like my sense of myself and trusting myself and not letting other people screw with my head. And <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How did you know like that's to trust yourself? Like how you know, you know, would you would you talk to yourself? Would you meditate? Like, how would you get in touch? You know, how do you get in touch with yourself? So during that time when I was really sick, that's when I got really deep into studying all the things that you've been talking about because I did figure that, okay, if this is all going to be happening to me right now and, you know, kind of a lot of my other life is on hold, I mean, I might as well sort out my mind as much as I can. Yeah. So I was meditating. I'm trying to even remember exactly, like, it's so hard to pinpoint exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I just asked that. That's always what what I want to know. Like, if I could do a documentary, I would love to do a documentary. You're just falling around, like, sages, basically. And seeing what they do day to day to, like, master their mind. Hmm. And just, like, a day in the life. Journaling. Journaling was one of the major... Well, I still journal. But I was journaling a lot then. Because I was tracking things and I was paying attention and I was doing whatever I could to, like, take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Why was was journaling so important for you? Hmm. I think that I'm somebody who needs to put things out into the world, whether it's through writing or I was voice journaling too, or making art or creating something to be able to fully process it. Yeah. So it's kind of like how I think. And I don't know how if other people are like that. I think a lot of people are like that. I think journaling is helpful for anyone and everyone just to help us process things. I think it's a I think many wise people journal. And that also helps you not bottle up emotions so much and, and process them and study yourself. So it's good for so many things for sure. Yeah. And being connected, you know what, this might've been the number one thing that actually helped me get through that experience was being connected to my passion. Because what happened is I, I had to take medical leave from school I'm dealing with all this stuff. So I was like, well, this is a great opportunity for me to connect with my art and 
feel what it would be like to pursue it. So connecting with your passion, like what y'all who are listening out there connect with your passion (laughs) and do it and do it like that day, not tomorrow. Yeah. Today, after you listen to this, go do the thing that you love and don't push it off. Yeah. And maybe your, your rational mind is telling you, but you won't make a lot of money doing that. Mm-hmm. But you won't, you know, be successful doing that. Don't listen to your rational mind because guess what? Your rational mind will not bring you happiness because guess what? Happiness is an emotion. It's something that you feel. So when you're doing something that you're passionate about, you feel happy. So if you want to live the good life, it's not having a bunch of money and success. It's doing something that you're passionate about and something that you love to do because then you're going to have that feeling of happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. And I would say too, just as a reminder that goes along with that, I think it's important to remember that it doesn't, your passion doesn't have to be your career. It can, if that works out. But I know like when I took on my art, it was a project. Um, and I just started like living it as much as I could. I don't know if you've experienced this or know what I'm talking about, but I find that when you're stepping into a new, something that you want, whether it's a passion or like a job or something like that, the more that you immerse yourself with what the reality of that is that you want, like the more you feel like you're living it and you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with my coaching because I'm not coaching for a living, you mm-hmm. know, right now. But it's something that I'm working towards. It's something that you know maybe one day I will do every single day for a living. But you know, it's as long as I I'm keeping my vision in mind, and 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 I'm really clear on what I want in life. And I think about that every single day, then, you know, that's, that's me doing the best that I, that I can do. It's me, it's me manifesting by visioning what I want, taking action, and then kind of like trusting the universe at the same time and, and releasing that need for control. That's something that I'm really really trying to work on right now is like me wanting to control things uh, and letting go of of control and just uh, really just surrendering, which is so hard, I feel like for for us humans to do because we're so attached to to our identities and, and our beliefs. And I don't know. I think it's important to to let go of those attachments. Call me crazy, but I don't want to be, you know, tied down by any, like, attachments. And I want to be able to just surrender and, like, 
just accept life for the miracle that it is no matter what because i do think that it's all balanced and all equal and all perfect at all times whether we realize it or not yeah i have a hard time with that too the surrender it's I, it's interesting because as you said that i was thinking i've recently noticed that or i'm wondering if part of the reason why i have a tendency to start so many new projects and start so many new things is because for me at the beginning it doesn't have so much pressure on it so there's like i can easily surrender at the beginning of something and then the more that i get into it the more that i attach yeah yeah that's so true and you know even with my cat i'm like i'm so attached to her you know and i'm like one one day i'm gonna have to be able to like to let her go and it's gonna be really hard for me and like but i also know that like to not let that you know to feel my feels but not let it impact my like inner peace with the world the way that it is but that was one of my things with psychedelics too was really like surrendering to them and letting them work their magic without trying to like like I'm literally like you can feel the tension on my body you can feel me like not wanting to let go of control it's literally insane my body like my my brain tells my body so fast that's why it's so important to to control your mind man I'm telling you like that is my goal to control my mind um because it it will tell my body things before i can even like tell it to stop and then my body just automatically like tenses up and like reacts to to letting go basically But it's really, it's, it's so many things help me with being able to let go. It's not just one technique out there, but really just like breathing and being very like soft and, and gentle with my body and really like not seeing pain as bad all the time and like accepting it, sometimes even embracing it. Yeah, I, I have to say that's helped me a lot. Yeah. That one. Oh, my God. Guys, if you're feeling pain, feel it. Like, don't resist it. What you resist persists. Yeah, I I think it's so important to acknowledge it, give it attention. Like, as long as it's in a healthy way. Right, right, right. Yeah, because the more that I, like, neglect it, yeah the more that that it hurts so i i i have healed myself from so many like weird things no and sometimes people think that i'm crazy for like trying to heal heal myself but your body your body is so much like more capable of healing itself than like we realize you know yeah and 
I don't know. I just feel like that's that's underestimated in our culture. I feel like our culture, don't even get me started on our culture. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's super negative, super toxic in so many ways. And it's something that we had to battle with in order to raise consciousness and create a new earth. You know, we have to make the change. We have to be the change, you know, we want to see in the world. Yeah, the way the way that we approach healing is very strange in general yeah. in the medical system. And it's some of the not healing. Yeah, and some of like the you know things that might out there for healing that might seem like taboo or like woo-woo and you know that you would never try can be some of the most transformative and healing things that you ever did experience, you know, and, and don't knock anything until you try it. That's my thing. People go judging certain like methods and tools and techniques out there to improve yourself without even trying them for themselves. And I'm like, if you really truly are a scientist or you believe in science so much, go try out this thing for yourself. Go try that experiment. Don't count on someone else to tell you what's the truth and what's not. Figure out the truth for yourself. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to Jasmine. Don't listen to some guru, some teacher out there like, do the work yourself, figure it out for what works for you yourself. And that direct experience is king. You can't argue with direct experience. Oh, yeah. Would you like to share what you would consider maybe like one of the most alternative things you've ever tried that worked for you? Well, psychedelics. <laughs> I've already talked about them. I like, I can't tell you how much they have helped me just open my mind and have radically open mindedness, which, yeah, it's an. And to process trauma and to overcome and to come to terms with that and make meaning out of that. But I mean, I don't think I necessarily needed psychedelics to do that. Um, alternative methods like I don't know. Basically, just spirituality in general, I feel like, is an alternative method. <laughs> like, like that's, like, taboo, you know? I feel like prayer and, like, affirmations and, like... That is so concerning if that's taboo. It is, dude! <laughs> it's, it is in the medical world, like, spirituality and science. Like, do you think those two come to come together well i think they do <laughs> i think they do too but guess like like you won't believe the perspectives out there you know yeah i know i'm in a bubble 
Yeah. Like, like people are there. It's very separate for people. There is, I think the future, the future, like in the future, people like scientists think like the more atheist, the world, like the better, but, but in the future, I think the better, the more like scientists that are tapping into spirituality, the better. Yeah. I find that, like, from people that I listen to or books that I read, scientists that are, they don't even have to be, like, let's say tapped into spirituality, but just have some openness to it. Yeah. Their work is, it just seems like they're thinking in so much bigger pictures, like, bigger terms. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, it's a I feel big generalization, like, but no, it's, it's a mission of mine to like some of the, well, what's so crazy about this is don't even get me started on quantum mechanics because quantum mechanics basically says like the minute that we observe anything, we are impacting it. Like that's what science says so really we don't know what like the physical world is actually like made out of and like we know that like just by observing it we have an impact on it so that like it's really almost impossible to not be biased and it's really impossible to say any what anything is for sure you know (laughs) And that's what science tells us, but I feel like that isn't talked about a lot in within science. And like, sometimes we forget that like, oh, when I'm observing an atom, like I'm impacting it and I'm intrinsically like connected to physical reality in a sense. But I think we forget that we are atoms you know, we are these things that we're looking at and then like, what are we? Don't even get me started on like, you know, (laughs) what are we? (laughs) Like, who am I? Like, other than just like awareness and like consciousness, you know? Um, Oh, yeah. That and I love talking about that. I love just having that open mindedness like, oh, okay. I don't really know like what exactly I am other than awareness and that's okay. And like, you know, it's, it's not a problem. It's, it's a feature. It's just a part of life. There was this really interesting scientific study done pretty recently where this guy proved that it's not it, it's not in alignment with evolutionary fitness for an animal or an organism to actually see or interpret reality to perceive reality i saw that i saw that is that that like white dude who like donald hoffman i think yes i think I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, and what he was saying. Yeah, and they did that experiment and they did like simulation of like reality and like, yeah, basically we're not wired. We're only wired for survival. We are not wired to like see the truth. 
of reality. So what is the truth of reality then if that's not what we've been seeing, you know? And like, it's all about survival. We're survival creatures, but I think that there's a deeper, that's okay. Biggest life advice here. There's a deeper dimension to life beyond survival. And I think it's everyone's purpose to figure out what that deeper dimension to life beyond survival is. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And that's, and I think psychedelics really helped me, you know, tap into this basically matrix that I think we're living in, but not like a matrix that is anything that you might imagine it would be. It's probably totally different, totally less simple than you, and totally crazier than you could ever imagine. Like you can't predict what kind of matrix it's gonna be, no matter what you've seen in the movies or heard in the books or whatever. Like it's not what you think it's gonna be. And it's, I don't know. I feel like every yeah. time I do psychedelics, I there's like a glitch in the matrix and I see reality for what it is, which is exactly what I'm doing in that moment. And that's all that I know is like true. I think that it's so like egocentric of human beings to think that the way that we interpret things is like the way that's like always been so weird to me. I'm like, who do we think we are? <laughs> I know. And it's not our fault, you know, the ego evolved for a reason, you know, and it's, it's hard to evolve beyond the ego sometimes because we're so attached to it. And like, and like the, our whole lives, the center of the whole world is like us. And in a way, I I think we are. Yeah. Because if we all have our own perspective, then we kind of all have our own world so we're all at the center of it we're all kind of god low key (laughs) we're all kind of our own creators of our own lives and like we all see things like we're all godlike you know i feel like and so yeah it is egocentric to think that like we know best humans know best and like and it's so funny because um if aliens from another planet came down to earth and like we were supposed to like learn the greatest teaching of the universe from them humans might say like oh some technology to like travel through time that's the greatest teaching of the universe or like i don't know it would be some material thing probably like that humans would think of but i think the greatest teaching of the universe is self-love and and to think that it's some technology you know or some material thing i don't know like a lot of people think like that's what the world is moving towards is to like basically all this technology and all this material things and i'm just like you know, focus on yourself, focus on you, focus on self-love. I'm telling you, like, that is the key to life is self-love. And, you know, finding it is not easy and it takes hard work and you have to be dedicated. This is your life. 
you know, you are your greatest investment. It's some people like don't even see these big visions or dreams for their life because they don't even think that's possible for them. And I didn't even think that was possible for me, you know, until recently. So. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. Or I had this really weird alternative, strange story about why it needed to be later. Yeah. Pushing it off. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people have that too, where they think, oh yeah, I'll just do that later. Like after I get a car or after I get married or, you know, whatever. Yeah, dude, watch out for yourself. Watch out for how your mind tricks you, man. Because I've that is a big trap, I feel like, because your mind doesn't necessarily always want to change and grow because it's comfortable. Hmm. But in order to reach our, like, goals and dreams, we have to go through things that make us uncomfortable, I feel like, at least. Oh, yeah. On that fear topic, I know I have this thing where if I'm afraid to do it, then I actually know that I have to do it. I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, I can't, like, no, this is unacceptable. I can't be scared to, uh, like, the first time I went on a podcast, I was really scared. So I was like, yep, okay, you have to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, dude. Good for you. I'm, like, all about how life is so counterintuitive. And the second we don't think that we should do something, we probably should do that. Like, if I'm like, oh, I don't want to go on a podcast because I'm scared. Oh, I should probably do that. Or like, I don't want to go act in front of a bunch of people because I have stage fright. Oh, I should probably do that because you're going to grow from that and you're going to learn from that. And that's going to create a foundation for you for like the rest of your life. So yeah, fear. Fear is a really good little signaler. Yeah. Fear can be if your you're, friend. If, if, you're, if you are reacting emotionally to anything, whether it's fear or sadness, like, get curious. Start to, like, ask yourself questions like, oh, why might this fear be coming up for me? Or why might you know, I'd be feeling sad about this. And like, why is that okay to have this feeling? And what action, you know, am I am I gonna let do I want this feeling to guide this or I don't know, just to start asking yourself questions and observing your your emotions, they are signals to help you make decisions, I feel like. Yeah, they're like little guides. Yeah. Yeah, listen to them early before they start yelling. Seriously, yeah. Wow, it's already been almost two hours. I know. (laughs) That flew by fast. Thank you so much for being so honest and ready to share and open. I greatly appreciate that. Yes, of course. Hopefully no one judge judges me for doing psychedelics. 
<laughs> what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I, I'm not here to, to judge anyone. And I wish everyone, you know, the best, no matter what. Um, and I hope everyone found this conversation inspiring and, and maybe they found a tool or technique that they can use, you know, in their own lives to help them. I mean, really self-help or I, some people might not like the word self-help, you know, maybe personal development doesn't matter. Use whatever words work for you and just never stop growing, never stop learning. And I recommend to read like a self-help or personal development book at least once a month just to, to learn something. And, and because I think that learning is the key to success in life. So if you want to be successful, you got to learn. <laughs> so if our listeners want to work with you, as a coach or get in contact with you, how, how can they do that? Yeah. So they can go to seek inward.com. Um, that is S E E K I N W A R D.com or email seek inward coach at gmail.com. And I'm on Instagram um, as self-actual will be converting to seek inward soon. Instagram's like being weird right now because of the election. So, um, yep. So I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, uh, seek inward as well. So there's a page, I believe. And then you, I just invited you to my baddie book club, which I'm so excited about. We're going to be reading some like personal development or like basically destiny books or some, I think there's a science book in there as well, just about the, the evolution of science over time and, and how that all works. So really juicy subjects and, and learning going to be happening in the next year, hopefully. I think a book club is a really great way to hold yourself accountable to actually finishing the book too yeah. I know I love reading but I still have a hard time finishing the book yeah exactly and it's it's so fun to be able to talk about the books that you read with people you know yeah and when someone's like experienced the book in a totally different way or has different insights you yeah it's it reminds me of like an elementary school and we'd like all read the book together I exactly. That. I wasn't into reading then. It's so annoying because I, I always told myself I didn't like to read. I wasn't a reader. It turns out I just really like personal development books and I didn't know that before. So now like this has been the first like couple of years I've just been reading nonstop personal development development books and it's been so like great. I was like, what? Reading's awesome. Like, why did I make up this story and tell myself that I didn't like to read, you know? And so I'm excited. So to... I'll be there. Yay. I'm so pumped. Um, so that's where people can find me. And I just really care about helping people become the best version of themselves and 
whether that's through, you know, spiritual awareness or getting some survival needs into place, you know, I just want to, to be there to, to help people. Thank you so much for joining me today to have this conversation. Thank you again. Of course, it was such an honor. And for everyone out there listening, we'll be back next week. More archives for the aliens. See you then. Till then, bye guys.